To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three And if the pins ain't from them Don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just hate the beat I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra Here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers I think, I think we need to trade him while he still can be traded. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's showing promise, and he's showing that he can. He's still young, too. We got to still like, be in 21. And he's showing that he can. He has a nice little mid-range. But I think with the window LeBron James have, though, we I don't think we can wait on him. No, right now. I agree. That, that 25 player that's in there, like AD or Bradley Beal, somebody in their prime right now. If we gonna maximize LeBron James' window, no, I, I completely agree with that. I think I think he just one that you can't give up on. Just like I was saying with D'Lo, you know, everybody was saying this and that about D'Angelo Russell. Now everybody's saying, you know, he really should have made the All Star team and probably will end up taking Victor Oladipo's spot. You know, you I look thought at they said Jimmy Butler was taking his. Oh, they they said that already. I thought that came out. Jimmy Butler was taking it. Oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that if he did. But really, if somebody should get it, it should be D'Lo. And then the same thing, just just like you, you know, your boy Randall. I mean, he was developing. He played well even in his last year. And then you see him head over to New Orleans, and you see what Randall doing. So it's like, if you really look at it, the Lakers have drafted well throughout the last five, six, oh, however many years. You know, so. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I, I mean, I think at this point, I mean, the young core is what it is, and like you say, Moses, I agree with you, man. We got to maximize LeBron's uh, window that he has, and if right. he, if we got to give up the young core, then so be it, especially how fresh right. Grand yeah. has been. But right. welcome to the Opinionated so, Benchwarmers, episode 29. We are back, the Opinionated Benchwarmers, Super Bowl weekend, fellas. I know one of, <laughs> our, one of our co-hosts is very excited about that this weekend. How y'all guys feeling? Feeling good, man. Glad to be on with y'all, man. It's been a crazy week at work. Stressful. I couldn't wait to get on and talk a little bit, man. Talk a little sports, man. My 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 my, my stress reliever. Yeah, man. I'm ready to talk too. We got really some good things to talk about, and it kind of became an exciting period within sports. So uh, I'm ready to just jump right into it and get going with everything we got to discuss, man. Well, let's start with the breaking news. Uh... AD requested a trade earlier this week, and it has just sent the sports world in a frenzy that a top three, in my opinion, top two NBA player. Top two? Top two. And he not two? Um, he not one. <laughs> <laughs> he is two. Right. But, uh, you know, has announced that he requested a trade. Um, well, we, we, all, we, all heard the note, we all heard the news. What did y'all first think about it? I thought... I thought it was perfect. I thought 
I thought it's crazy because we was just talking about this last Thursday. We talked about a little bit about the trade deadline and if, you know, is anybody going to make a major move and is AD going to be gone? And we talked about this kind of like before the news broke. So, you know, hey, for the fans out there, man, y'all need to get on this. You know what I'm saying? Because we we, we really predicting this stuff out here, and, you know, before news break. But um, I thought I thought it was crazy, though. I thought it was perfect timing, and I think it's pretty clear where he wants to go because the timing of it right before the trade deadline and being that the Celtics will have to pretty much give up Kyrie you know, pretty much take them out the picture unless they gave a Kyrie in the trade to get AD, you know, because that was long, you know, long, 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 um, you know, kind of speculated that he was going, the Celtics were gathering these these assets when this time came. And so it's kind of interesting to see, you know, how it's going to play out. Yeah, I think um, when the news dropped, it was, I guess it still was kind of somewhat shocking in a sense when it dropped, but it was something that we had already talked about anyway. Even, I know amongst the three of us, even off air in the group, me and all that, when AD first decided that he was going to switch agents and go to Clutch Sports, that was instant. Like, boom, okay, something's there. Because automatically, I mean, we already know AD, even with his agent, if he stayed with his old one, it ain't like it was ever going to be a situation where contract negotiations got to get to a difficult point or he couldn't get certain sponsorships or certain things like that. We knew that when AD was switching agents, that this meant that AD is about to make a big move in his career. And so, you know, he did the switch in September, went to Clutch Sports. We know the whole Clutch Sports connection. We know what that leads to. So one plus one equals two. We kind of know how that those factors, you know, what it leads to and what it turns into. And so, I mean, I, I think we're seeing a situation in which, of course, AD wants to force his way into LA, but we're gonna see how it plays out. Yeah, I think even to extend it out a little more, what, what was it wasn't surprising to me when the news broke because of how they treated um, AD for the past seven years, the numbers he's been putting up, and they haven't been able to spend some money to put some talent around him. You know, it's kind of disturbing uh, that they would even have a player of that caliber, generational talent, and they, they're not able to surround him. And they did the same thing with Chris Paul. So, I mean, it, you know, New Orleans do not have know how to treat their superstar. And, you know, that's that's the, the, the bread is in the pudding. But AD was, was uh, fined $50,000 because of Rich Paul coming out with a public trade request. I I didn't really too much like that fine because I, I, didn't, I don't quite understand it because, I mean, his trade was no less public than, um, than Kyrie's, than... Kawhi's then Paul Jordan's but Jimmy, for some reason Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler so but AD is the one that's being fine and you gotta kinda think somewhat that it has that little Lakers bias type deal in it you know everybody wants to target the Lakers you know anything involved with the Lakers is called tampering <laughs> right you know there's an issue with the Lakers and then you look at again you know Dempse is not even initially didn't even pick up the phone for us, you know, so it just it's just kinda interesting to see. People say they're sick of Lakers fans pointing these types of things out, but it it, it the the proof's in the pudding. Yeah, it's you know? blatant. Just like with the with, with the call and the oh, NFC Championship. We back. Went back the to proof was in the pudding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey man. Slid that one in. Hey, we gotta let go of that hurt, man. We gotta let go of that hurt, man. <laughs> I ain't never letting it go. <laughs> Hey, I'll say this though. I think um, I think you hit it, man. I think 
first of all, speaking of the Saints and stuff, um, they did come out and say that AD was concerned because the same the, the Saints and the Pelicans have the same owner, you know, uh, I believe uh, Benson. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then yes. Nigel is acting. Right, so they have the same owner, and it's always been word that they focus more on the Saints. Of course, you know, with football being the bigger sport, you know, in America. And so that's what the concern was. And they came out and said, Colin, that they're not putting that energy towards the Pelicans and stuff like that. You know, they're pushing, of course, the Saints more than they're pushing, you know, the Pelicans. And, you know, and that's kind of like, you know, the proof is in the pudding, you know, type of thing. Like you mentioned, like you look at, you know, the most they did for AD is bring in another big man, which made, you know, was which was always kind of a weird match. And you know, that him. big man is DeMarcus Cousin. Right. You know, so they really, but beyond that, they really haven't brought in nothing. And don't get me wrong, it may be hard to bring in and attract pieces into New Orleans, but I feel like they could have put more on the line if they really want to, they want to keep a generational talent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and it just it just all comes to um, how man how good your management is. I mean, we look at a situation with Oklahoma City. You know, they're also you know we hearing all this crying about small market and this and that and not being able to attract. Oklahoma City said, okay, we may not be able to just go out and attract people through free agency, but number one, they drafted well. So through drafting well, that set them up as a franchise. But then also, too, they've been very creative as far as trade-wise. So if it's a situation where we don't know definitely that we can go out and let's have this pitch meeting with this free agent and that free agent to get them in, we still have to be strategic enough. We still have to be savvy enough to be able to still build around a star or our star that we acquired. And so, like you said, you see in a situation that's pretty much deja vu, you would think that you would have learned from the Chris Paul fiasco and that, you know, once you done got this talent, I mean, AD basically fell into your lap after the whole Chris Paul thing. Because one of those picks that was traded during that time turned into AD. So now you have a situation where you have another Hall of Fame talent and now you've squandered it again. So it's like, you know, I, I think that they've really run out of excuses with this. But at the same time, I think that they are finding themselves where... They can somewhat pick up the pieces if they make the right move at this point. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I think that they, I don't think New Orleans Pelicans fans and even more, more importantly, the the execs in the front office have to understand that they have to get this one right. Uh, they they were blessed to to receive one of the best players uh, that they probably you know have drafted in the in the in in their franchise history, and they have to handle this uh, fragile fragically. But I think that they've already started off on the wrong foot by them by there being reports that Dempsey's not answering well initially didn't answer phone calls, which proves that he's being petty. And I don't think now is the time to be petty in these situations. And he, you know, you have to be a businessman, you have to put business first no matter who, you know, it is, and no matter if you find you know, no matter if you're not too fond of the who's the opposing figure, if they have something that, that could make you a better team or have something that could stop you from falling too far off the post, then I think you have to listen to them. Right. I think let's just let's just address it, man. Like you said, Rob, they being petty, man. You look at what they've done. They find this man, right? You know what I'm saying? They're not answering phone calls. And then they take him off of the intro videos. Like, a player that's put in this much time and done, you know, and put up these type of numbers for your team, you know what I'm saying? You take them off the intro video and intro picture, like just completely off. Come yeah. on, man! Like that's that's disrespectful. Like even if you're not getting along, you still 
you know, you can still keep a professional and keep this man on the team and all that stuff, you know? And I mean, I'm sorry, keep him on the intro videos. Like, I just don't get that. But, I mean, they really, right now, they're in a crunch, you know? And I say they're in a crunch because, again, the only real um, threat was the Knicks at this time. The Knicks really already, you know, gave up, you know, they big piece, you know? So that Knicks are out of the picture pretty much now. So unless some, some dark horse team come out the woods, the Lakers have pretty much made their pitch, you know what I'm saying, of who, who they want to give up. So I like I like the Lakers' chance going forward. I hope they pull this off before the trade deadline, but I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. See, I, I'm actually a little bit on the other side of, of the chances, and I don't know if I so much like the Lakers' chances. And the reason why I say that is just because of kind of what the landscape around the league is. Um, if we really break it down, this whole small market versus big market thing, you know, we were talking about this. It's really a league versus Lakers type thing. Like, this is not small market as far as, you know, New Orleans versus New York or versus Chicago. Whenever it's big market being mentioned, it's the Lakers. And so, so many times throughout the league, and it's, it's part of what Rob was mentioning earlier, you know, teams just don't want to deal with the Lakers. They don't want to, quote unquote, help the Lakers. I mean, you got the report coming out that Dale Demps talked to Greg Popovich, and Greg Popovich basically said, don't give AD what he wants. Don't send him to L.A. Like, what kind of stuff is that? Like, you are not in the mix of this at all. This doesn't affect your franchise. Pretty much doesn't affect your franchise. Why are you speaking up? We know, you know, not to rehash the Chris Paul thing too much, but we know how that went and how all the owners complained and stuff then. So I think it's going to be a situation where it's almost like the Lakers are going to be kind of a last resort thing. Now, it may turn into a situation where the Lakers are the only, uh, you know, real option. It may be a situation where, you know, teams don't give them as good of deals as they're looking for because AD has expressed that he wants to play in L.A. But we've seen in the past few years that teams have, you know, decided to take other chances, other routes, and not, you know, just send their guys straight to L.A. So... I don't know. I guess maybe I'm being a little pessimistic. Yeah, I, I think that a, I think a deal could could be possibly made. Uh, when I look at the initial deal, um, uh, would be Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, and Zubach in a draft pick, first round pick. I think that would be great, great value for the Pelicans to take. I do understand them waiting because that that same offer could be on the table past this this deadline. But it just depends on if they want this black cloud hanging over the franchise mm -hmm. and do they want AD sitting on that bench and do do they care that much about him being a team distraction? I don't know. But initially, that deal from the Lakers is a, is a feasible deal. It's reasonable in my eyes. Yeah, I saw that deal come through on my phone today when I was at work that when we offered that many, you know, because at first it was being reported that the Lakers were offering just three of their young court, any three that they wanted pretty much. And now, that's that deal that came through, they were actually sending four, meaning they're going to send Lonzo, Kuz, Ingram, and Zubak, and a first-round pick. When you look at that type of deal, that is a blow-away deal. That is not just some deal that, oh, okay, no, you know, that's that's you guys can give us some more. That is everything. That's everything outside of Josh Hart. And even throwing Josh Hart in there doesn't really sweeten that up. We've given you everything. You're giving you Ingram, Kuzma is the, the prize position, and Lonzo yeah. Ball. You know, that's, that team right there can still make noise if you have that type of team, you know, along with a first-round pick, you know, which will be in the 20s. It won't be that. It won't be a top-10 pick. 
But still, that team still can make noise and grow together. Right. And and the thing, one thing that I am tired tired of hearing in a sense, um, is that the Celtics package is quote unquote so much better and so much richer. I do understand that the Celtics do have more draft pick options. But if you really look at those draft picks and you look at the protections on those picks, those picks aren't really as attractive to me from what I'm seeing. And maybe, you know, I'm looking from a wrong perspective. But from what I'm seeing, those picks aren't as attractive as what the media is making them seem. And then also, too, when you get down to the young cores, I'm also tired of hearing that it's like the Celtics got this great grand young core that's so much better than the Lakers young core. If you really look at true production, the Lakers' young core has been more productive than the Celtics' young core. You know, I don't have time to rattle off all the numbers and the stats right now, but if you go comparison, and some things I've tweeted out, so if you want to go check them out on Twitter, um, you can check them out. But if you look at Lonzo compared to Terry Rozier and Ingram compared to Jalen Brown and Kuzma compared to uh, Jason Tatum, in every category, the Lakers' guys have been more productive than the Celtics. So I'm also tired of hearing that as well as like, ooh, the Celtics have just this such great package. If you get this deal that y'all are mentioning with those four key pieces and a draft pick, that's a heck of a deal to me. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where AD lands. Uh, I think that that's everything that I want to talk about with yeah. that. But uh, so the next big blockbuster is, is trading season with the trade deadline approaching. We had another big deal that came across. Uh, and it seemed like to me, I mean, I was at work, but when the notification first initially came out, it said that uh, Porzingis, uh, that, that the execs in the meeting uh, were led to believe that Porzingis wanted to be traded. And then the next notification, maybe an hour or so later, said that he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. That was crazy. A big, huge deal for the Mavs. The Mavs are silently on a come up. It's a reason why Mark Cuban has been very quiet in the media. Yeah. He's been really on his on his stuff with from from drafting Luca to finding a way to turn DeAndre Jordan into Porzingis. You know he's done an excellent job. Dare I say it? Yeah. But uh, I mean, he's still a hater though. But yeah, that's all. That, that makes them a great team. Yeah. You know, that, I think Luca and Porzingis, whatever he gets back, I, I like that combination a lot. Oh yeah, they're they're a future right there is bright with, with those two. You're looking at Porzingis, who was already an all-star. So he's already made an all-star team before he, you know, of course, got hurt. And Luka, in my opinion, really got snubbed. You know, I was making the argument that really he could have replaced Klay Thompson. I don't know if that's a popular argument or not, but I think Luka could even been an all-star this year. So you look at two guys. I don't know how the Mavs always go for it with one of these top international players you know, but following sure. up, right? But following up Dirk and his legacy, now you got Luca and Kristaps Porzingis that really can be the future of that organization. And I'm gonna put be on record right now. They're gonna bring at least one championship to Dallas. I'm going on the record right now. I hope not. I hope it's the Lakers. That's, that's oh, that is bold. I don't know about all that. Let's not get crazy. But I, I like I like the matchup. They're gonna definitely compete. You know, I still think they. It's going to take them getting, you know, somebody else to come along with them. You know, I think they're going to still compete with those two. Um, but, again, you know, I look at the pieces that they did send out. They did send out Dennis Smith Jr. You know, Dennis Smith Jr., you know, a couple nights, not even a couple nights. That last night dropped a triple-double. So, he's showing that, you know, he's showing back up now that he's getting playing time and stuff now. You know, DeAndre Jordan, you know, as you can see now, 
DeAndre Jordan is not the same DeAndre Jordan of old. You know, mm-hmm. I, again, I'm not breaking their, their trade. I just think that, you know, they did give up a lot of good pieces. DeAndre Jordan now, which surprised me, knocking down free throws, you know. So I think it's going to take time for them to get to where they want to be, but it's going to take some type of piece down the road to come along with them if they're going to get to that championship level, you know. They may just be that team that always get to the, you know, maybe make the playoffs, get to the second or third round, you know, but never get over that hump. That's kind of why I see them. I like yeah. I like Dennis Smith in New York, too. I think yeah. the change of scenery are doing some good. The Knicks needed a point guard. It's have... not quite working out with the guy from France. So. Frank Nilakina. Yeah, so I, I think that uh, I think that Dennis Smith, you know, now that he'd be able to be the man, yeah. you know, get some more minutes, like uh, Los mentioned, I think he'll do well in New York. Yeah, and the thing about it, he should have been a Nick from day one. I yeah, mean, everybody knows. Yeah, but how do they feel? They, they ended up, they passed the board, they passed yeah. them up in the draft, and ended yeah, up trading, crazy. having to trade them for Porzingis, is your star player. Yeah, more. nah, it's crazy. But the thing about it, and like I was saying, I mean, I went on the record and saying, and I know it's a, a bold call and everything, but it's part of how really how high I am on, on um, Luka Doncic. I think Luka is, I think Luka will be a superstar in the league. I don't even put Luka in the category that he's just going to be an all-star. I think he's going to be a superstar in the league, and I think we came for you. Like I said, Kristaps Porzingis was an all-star before he got hurt. All-star in his, what, second year he was in the league? He was an Mm -hmm. all-star. And so, you know, if he can stay healthy, that duo, you know, of course, like you mentioned, It'll probably have to be a, another piece that comes along. You know, that's just kind of how the league is at this point. Um, but I'm going to stay on the record of what I said, and I ain't going to back off of it. I, I mean, it's not that I want you to be wrong. I just hope that you are. Because I would hope <laughs> by, with, the, with the Golden State Warriors on the deep, when they become, when they start to climb, I hope my Lakers are there to incline. Yeah, so I, that's I, the I, only yeah. reason why I have issue. Other than that, I wouldn't have any issue with what you're saying. So... We should start off a little unorthodox. Start off with NBA talk. So let's look to the NFL talk. It's Super Bowl weekend. Uh, Super Bowl game coming up. What we got, man? What, we, what, what should we expect? A lot of razzle dazzle. I expect a lot of razzle dazzle. <laughs> I, I think. I think every Super Bowl, and you've kind of been seeing this of late. I think you've been seeing trick plays here and there. And I think who wins the trick play game? It's ultimately going to win the game. You know what I'm saying? When I say trick play game, that's from punt fakes. That's from, you know, you know, like last year we seen the Philly special. Last year we also seen Tom Brady drop a pass. So, you know, I think whoever's going to end, who, whoever wins that trick play game and get that momentum and, you know, um, kind of stun the next team is going to ultimately win the game. Yeah, I think so. I agree. I think I think we have a lot of uh, what's your high, over and under on uh, trick plays for Sunday three, two. No, you supposed to go under. Hi, uh, are you are you setting it? Okay, you setting it at three under. Under, yeah. Under, okay. I'm I'm gonna go over. I think. I, I, <laughs> I think we're gonna see at least four or five trick plays. Cause I mean, with the, all right. What the are rounds you, alone don't don't do right. about three. So so what do you? What constitutes as a trick play for you? Like, are you talking uh, about like, like if anybody besides anybody anybody besides the quarterback throwing a pass, um, anybody besides a running back running the ball? Oh well, over because the Rams do jet sweeps like you know all the time. Yeah, it's a trick play. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna take the over then now okay. with that explanation. At what number? 
I was going to say six. I'm going to say five. I'm going to stick to my five. I was going to say six. I'm going to stick to my five. I think... Uh, I feel like that's going to be a subjective thing, though. Know, we probably all in our minds going to be right. We're going to count it up to whatever number we yeah, had. That's one. <laughs> Well, we're going to we gonna get on the pod next week. We're going we gonna to gonna tally it up just for fun. And see. We got to make this game interesting somehow. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so do you expect, uh, expect McVeigh to step up to the coaching genius of Belichick? I, okay, I, I'm going to chime in because I know Lowe's going to have a whole soliloquy and a whole session <laughs> section on this. Um, but I do, I do think that he will. Um, I've been somebody that's been very high on Sean McVay, even from the time that, you know, he first even got the job. I think Sean McVay is a genius. I think that Sean McVay, I've said it before, I think he'll, I don't know if it's going to be this particular Super Bowl, but I believe that he'll lead the Rams to, um, at least one championship at some point. Um, I think he'll be up to the task. Um, you know, he's just that brilliant of a mind, especially offensively. I think uh, this hasn't been the best Patriots defense that we've seen. Um, and this hasn't been, I guess I won't say the best Bill Belichick because Belichick is Belichick uh, no matter what. But like I said, I don't think this has been the best Patriots defense. And so I think that the Rams are going to scheme really well against it. And I think Sean McVay will be up to the task. Um, whether or not they'll win the game, I'll save that for later when we talk. But just to answer this question, yes, he'll be up to the task. Okay. You want to go last, Los? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Big Rob. McVay, yeah, I think McVay will step up to the occasion. I think he's well, well, you know, going to be well prepared. And I think uh, just based on seeing his press conference, he don't seem like a coach that gets rattled at all. He seems like he's really ahead of his time. I mean, 32 years old, head coach of the football team. He's just as, he's younger than Tom Brady, you know, yeah. so, you know, he, he he's he, he's made for these. He's tailor made for these types of moves. Yeah, I so I think McVeigh. So to answer your question, yes, he's gonna step up to the moment. He's gonna rise to rise to the occasion. He's done all this time, and he's I've seen no stage so far. You know, too big for him, and I think he's got this far, and I don't think it's gonna be too big for him. The reason I say that is because Sean McVeigh has always been great at using the people around him. And when I say that, when Sean McVeigh got into the job, he got experienced coach, coaches around him. And, you know, when I say that, that's Wade Phillips. Well, Wade Phillips is a coach who's played against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and who's beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. So he's leaned on that expertise and how to handle stuff, you know, in his first two years as a head coach, you know, learning from Wade Phillips, who's had his shot at being a head coach. And um, Fossil, our special teams coach, who, you know, who's underrated, who's not talked about enough, you know, he's, and he's leaned on him, who's had interim jobs before. You know, and so I think he's going, what makes him great is he's not too pride, prideful and too proud to lean on, you know, these experienced coaches and ask them what they think on stuff and ultimately making decisions. I think that's what makes Sean McVay great, and that's why a lot of coaches don't do well is because, you know, um, example is Hugh Jackson. If anybody seen him on um, the Hard Knock show, you know, he ran a dictatorship over there when he was with the Browns where he was like, this is my show, this is what I'm doing and not taking his, his coaches, you know, ideas and stuff like that. 
and that's where Hugh Jackson messed up. And I think that's what makes, again, Sean McVay greatest. He's not too prideful to lean on those guys and ask for their advice and then not only ask for their advice, but take their advice on certain stuff and trust in his coaches and his players. Right. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point, man. So, um, so with the Super Bowl, Ron, I'm going to get to it, man. Let's stop beating Ron. <laughs> What's it? What's y'all? We, we 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 I think we predicted who would win, but did we didn't did we do scores? We didn't do scores. All we right. said we'll hold out to this week. All right, let's do scores. Who wants to go first? Um, I guess I'll chime in first, and we're gonna I guess let Los maybe go last since he actually has a team in in, in the he game. He has a horse. In he has race. a horse in the race. Janky horse. <laughs> so I'm gonna go thirty eight. 31, New England. Okay. I'm going to go 36-30, New England. Of course you guys choose New England. But <laughs> of course. I'm going to go, um, I think you guys chose good scores, but I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than expected. So I'm going to also go 28 24 Rams to win it in a thriller at the end. Big pass from Jared Goff. Big throw some way at the end to close it out and finish it. Okay. There you have it. Super Bowl predictions. Right. I'm thinking that it's probably the Rams will have it on the final drive and there'll be some type of controversy or maybe pass interference call or something <laughs> that goes uncalled in the last minute and a half of the game. Um, and it'll, it'll, it'll cause the, the Patriots to... Okay, so uh, the commissioner had his address as he normally does during the Super Bowl, and he addressed the media. Um, did y'all get a chance to watch it? I watched bits and pieces of it, but yeah. you know, again, I got I didn't get much from it. You know. Yeah, I think he was very prepared. I guess as far as like uh, his response, uh, he was very strategic. Uh, when when you know a couple of things that were interesting to me, of course, as a Saints fan, was how he would react to being questioned about the call. And I, I don't think I expected anything else from him. You know that that uh, that uh, refs are humans and they make mistakes, and that we're doing everything we can to to do it. But he did say that he talked to the team and the players, and the players started tweeting. Well, Michael Thomas specifically said he ain't talked to us. Um, but we're seeing that a lot with the commissioners kind of having a little, a couple of discrepancies. When he's addressing the public, is that ironic or is that becoming his? Is that showing his character? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think it's, in my opinion, probably showing his character. I'm not the biggest fan of Roger Goodell, so maybe I'm not the best one to speak up on this and be objective about it. Um, but you know, just like you said, him mentioning that he spoke to the players and the players and he did not. Maybe he was saying that he's spoken to players in general around the league or something like that. Um, but for him to say that and for it to come out that basically he didn't speak directly to them, I mean, that shows something. And that's just kind of been, I mean, like you said, we've seen this kind of over and over again with Roger Goodell. And so he's kind of showing us who he is at this point. So we need to believe him at this point, <laughs> you know. 
Mm. Right. You know what I mean? He showed his hand. You know, he showed his hand. You know, all the, you know, Roger Goodell, you know, I first say this. He Roger Goodell has a tough job, man. He has a tough job right now. And I think Roger Goodell does a lot of you know, he doesn't want to take ownership, you know. And, and you know, you see a lot of coaches around the league or whatever and people just not even coaches, but people in leadership positions. When stuff go wrong, even if it's not their fault, if you're a true leader, you step up to the plate and you say, you know what? Hey, I messed this up or you know, you take the ownership. You see that all the time from Sean McVay. Hey, you know what? This wasn't on Tiger earlier. I should have got him more involved or blah, blah, blah. They take the blame even when it's not. That's what a true leader does. And I think that's what, you know, the NFL want and players and, you know, coaches want from him is to take ownership, you know, not pass this on and, you know, kind of make excuses. People don't want to hear that. Like, take your ownership and then I think people would be more accepting, you know, and move forward and respect you more. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I think that is something that we've seen time and time again. We've seen a lot of hypocrisy in his uh, in his uh, I guess reign as NFL commissioner, and you know it, it, it lies it lies just in a simple example of Thursday nights, Thursday night football. Like they, they say that player history, player history, player history. I mean player, player safety, yeah, player safety. safety. <laughs> and but yet on Thursday nights. What do you see him playing football on short weeks? Right. I mean, so it's kind of just, you know, give or take. It's like, how you drilling player player safety, but yeah, you got them out there and players telling you that Thursday is, is, is too quick of a turnaround in between games. Right. I mean, I've always had an issue with that anyway, and I've always said that even the whole player safety thing, that's just something that's propaganda, that's media driven, that's, hey, we want y'all to continue to watch our product, or hey, we want y'all to continue to, uh, we want y'all to continue to, um, like I said, watch our product, we want you to let your sons continue to play football and all of that. And so, really, I don't think the league is as focused on player safety as they claim to be. It's just something that for them is pretty convenient at this point. Um, to, to make that a league thing. And so, like you said, that's another just thing with Roger Goodell that to me he isn't always forthcoming with things. You know, he just, I don't know, that just is who he is. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't even know the rules or policies of getting him out of there, but, I mean, it's about time. And then it seemed what interests me more is that there was a Chinese, Chinese guy who asked a question about when, how soon would NFL be in China. And then I'm looking at you know, uh, uh, London, you know, how soon we get a, get a team in London. Like, like, why don't y'all just focus on the United States? Why, like, why do y'all want, like, how money hungry can you get? There are a lot of issues within the country that, you know, that, I mean, within this, this league, just being here, there's a problem. But, like, traveling-wise on these players, like, how would you even possibly make that, make that possible? And imagine to the point, too, where a team, let's just say, overseas or whatever gets lumped into a thursday night game so now like how do you factor that in because i mean a lot of teams of course across the league they, they play on the thursday night so a team plays on sunday then they got to end up traveling and then playing on the like all that is just it gets mixed and up and it's the, just whoever that team in london is pretty much at a disadvantage every game that they have yeah to every away game that they have to play i mean yeah, yeah. that's just stupid man. yeah it doesn't but make sense. Then again, you know, it just shows where Rogers' head is, man. It just shows where his head, head is. 
But I was kind of overall disappointed with the address. I don't think it was any, you know, I really don't feel as though it was anything gotten out of it. It was just a lot of a lot of nothing said yeah. in their press conference. But hey, it's Super Soul Sunday, so I I made the decision, conscious decision and I'm gonna watch it. I, I was just about to ask you that question. Yeah, I made the conscious decision and I'm gonna watch it. Cause any big plans for the big game, man. Yeah, I'm actually going over to some uh, friend's house, and usually, I'm I'm, I'm kind of weird about this, man. man you usually sit at home by yourself and watch. <laughs> yeah, I like to do that, man. I don't like being around big crowds and stuff like that. Like I really don't like, especially in this type of game. And you know, if the Rams get down and like people, you okay? And you know, I don't like. <laughs> you know, I like to focus yeah. on the game and stuff like. You know, when the Rams were down to the Saints, people were blowing up my inbox and all that stuff. And I was at home. Like, imagine if I was out with a Rams jersey on. So I kind of got to deal with that. And I already warned them. I said, I'm a mute during the game. Like, I don't talk to people. Like, I just watch the game. I be in the zone like I'm coaching. Like, that's just how I've always been. It's like, you know, I take this to the next level serious. I was like, don't expect me to be talking and, like, communicating with y'all. It's like, that's just how I am during the game. It's like, this is the biggest game, too. The stress levels are going to be next level. And so, I mean, I decided to go to a friend's house. They're going, they having a little Super Bowl party. And so we're going to go and uh, check that out, me and Jazz. Uh, so they're should gonna, be fine. They're going to put some Q on the grill. Yeah, so. they said they're going to do some burgers and dogs. So, you know, we'll see. What about you? Um, I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. Um, I don't know how it's really gonna work out. My whole family is is in boycott Super Bowl mode, uh, so if I'm gonna be watching it, I definitely won't be watching it with the fam. Uh, so I'm gonna figure it out some type of way. I don't know if some type of Super Bowl party will come up or if it'll be going to somebody's house. I, I don't know what's gonna happen at this point, but. For a while, I was leaning and saying, okay, I'm probably not going to watch it. Now, I think I might watch it and probably will watch it. I think the sports fan in me still can't go without watching the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. that's just... Yeah, that's same here. I don't have any special plan. I'll probably just watch it in my house. I mean... Yeah. Nothing special. I mean, whatever. But I, I will watch it. <laughs> it will be interesting. I will watch it. So, uh, that just about does it for this episode... Uh, am I missing anything? Nah, man. I think we got it in. Knocked it out. We were efficient this time, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, I say, follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you subscribe to us on Opinionated Benchwarmers on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And until next time, we'll, we out of here. Later.